Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Before we start today's podcast, a quick heads up on Sherlock's VIP Club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sherlock's partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit sherlocksvip.com. Welcome to the Sherlock's Highlights podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined by Astrid Carter, Rosie Charrington, and fashion and lifestyle blogger Kelly Eastwood, otherwise known as the London Chatter. Hi. Thank you. So nice to have you with us. So great to be here. Kelly, we always start our podcast by talking about film and TV. So what have you been watching at the moment? I have been watching the second season of Marcella, Anna Friel's kind of um, crime show, which I'm on halfway through season two, catching up online it's ITV, ITV catch up yeah um, really good what's it about she is a crime investigator <laughs> with quite a lot of her own psychological issues right. that have been unresolved and causing her to behave in very weird slightly psychotic ways is she still forgetting stuff she's still forgetting stuff she has unresolved issues and I think she has she's trying to power through those issues to stop these blackouts that she has and during these blackouts she kind of behaves quite wildly and aggressively to say the least and can't remember any of it so it's it's pretty interesting I dipped into it I mean I didn't watch the whole series one but it's quite scary for TV especially ITV yeah it's kind of I feel like I just finished watching The Killing the American version, mm-hmm. um, I prefer to watch rather than read my TV. <laughs> Sorry, it's very like, Philistine of me. <laughs> so I just kind of went on to that, and I felt like it was really good British attempts at all of that kind of like really glossy stuff. And also it's filmed, well, a lot of the locations are around me in Labrick Grove. So, you know, they're kind of like my crazy neighbours. Um, <laughs> I think that sounds right up your street, crazy. I mean, I watched the first season, mm-hmm. kind of got a bit old. Her forgetting oh. stuff annoyed me quite a bit. <laughs> Do you, you know got- why she forgets stuff? Is that revealed? You know that she suffered this trauma okay. and that this is the effect that, that happens, yeah. I did get very hooked. The first three episodes of the first season, absolutely hooked. By the end of it, I was just really distracted by Anna Friel's cheek fillers. I <gasps> couldn't really pay attention. <laughs> the yes. close-ups were like, oh, okay, you really want to believe in your character. You really want to believe that you know she hasn't slept for eight nights and that this is really taking its toll. And I feel that you see that very much in The Killing, for instance. But the gloss was slightly off-putting. But they don't actually have that in season two. So I think that must have been addressed. I think that was a popular feeling. Ashley, what about you watching? (laughs) I did actually watch the programme about Harry and Meghan. And it was like the royal weddings that have led up to this royal wedding. I'm like by no means royalist. But it was quite interesting. And it just kind of showed that Harry 
is like the fun one, like the party <laughs> animal. Yeah, so I have like a newfound love for, for Harry. Was it about what Harry's like at weddings? No, so it followed like the big wedding. So like William and Kate, mm-hmm. Charles and Diana, and then Charles and Camilla. But she looked amazing. Sorry, I know yeah, it's like 100 did. years ago, but Camilla looked absolutely banging at that Camilla's wedding. great. I don't think I saw that wedding anywhere. Oh, I remember it. It was in Windsor. Yeah. She looked so good. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I watched this week. Cool, sounds good. Is everyone getting really excited for the royal wedding? Well, I, I am excited to see what Megan's going to wear. Mm, me too. I don't think I'm ready to pitch a tent on Windsor no, High Street and, you know wear some like Union Jack <laughs> t-shirts and stuff but um, yeah I think I think I'm okay for that but um, no I'm, I'm excited and, and, and I think you know good good on them they look very happy and in yeah. love and they're doing a lot of things their own way yeah I think um, I think it'll be a like nice little fresh yeah fresh wedding and everyone kind of comes response. together don't they there's always a nice vibe and everybody's got oh, loads yeah. to chat about yeah. like it is just a nice feeling but no it? day off no, that's oh, yeah. so rude. Yeah, so rude. Yeah, that for Wills. <laughs> Raising, what about you? I have been watching the last episode of American Crime Story. Oh, yeah. I'm so sad it's over. It was kind of one of my favourite things I've watched recently. This was the Gianni Versace thing. Yes, the Gianni Versace one. I thought Darren Chris was absolutely amazing as Andrew Cannon, and he really freaked me out, some of his facial expressions. So, can I tell you, I gave this up after the first episode because I thought it wasn't very gripping because you already know what happens. It happens in the first episode, and then, like, I I know the story, I know what happens to him subsequently, so I just felt like I didn't really care. Did you not watch, like, the Titanic as a consequence? Well, (laughs) (laughs) but at least the Titanic builds up to the... I know that goes down, I know how it ends. (laughs) Yeah, I just like to be surprised but the, the Versace murder happens in the first episode so then it's like well what do I need to watch five more episodes I mean for? there are a lot more murders I mean I didn't know anything about Andrew Cunanan so mm-hmm. it was really fascinating how this kind of seemingly normal affluent young boy becomes a crazed serial killer mm-hmm. and that for me was really fascinating and it kind of goes into the lives of the other men he kills and it's really, really sad. Also, really handsome serial killer. Yeah. Super hot. It's yeah. Yeah. Really was hot. <laughs> so I have read a book called The Salt Path, which is actually my friend's mum's book. Um, she had never written a book before and these crazy massive things happened in their life. They lost their home. She found out her husband was terminally ill all in the space of a week and they decided to go for a very long walk as British people do, <laughs> along the southwest coast pass, which is from Somerset to Dorset via Devon. And my friend was telling me this story. I was like, oh my God, this sounds insane. Obviously, I'm going to read this book because it's your mum. Mm-hmm. Then it turns out this book has just massively blown up. She's been on like TV. It's been in like all the newspapers. She's never written anything before. From reading it, you would never guess that she wasn't a writer as her yeah. job. And it, I cried, like, hysterically cried. So is it. it like recounting their conversations that they had on that walk? It's kind of recounting this walk and how they had nothing when they left and they rebuilt their kind of sense of hope and purpose and their lives have changed completely now because they were homeless basically and a lot of the book explores their kind of aspect of hidden homelessness. Britain has such a huge homelessness problem. I think it's estimated more than 300,000 people in the UK have nowhere to live. But the scary thing is that doesn't include the hidden homeless. Mm -hmm, So it's people that, you know, like my friend's parents that, ended up with nowhere to live and she said that you know they'd meet people and start telling them about their walk and as soon as she said to them oh we're homeless they were kind of back away from them and wow. treat them like these addicts which they weren't at all mm. and uh, yeah it's a really interesting and book. is that why they essentially went on the walk because they had nowhere to go and they yeah. thought well this yeah, why is not? kind of a yeah. way to yeah. spend I mean they liked walking anyway well I mean <laughs> one so. would hope yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what an incredible story really though yeah. Yeah. they didn't and is it available now it's available now yes okay amazing that, that sounds, sounds really, really interesting yeah 
Let's talk about eloping. Wedding season is upon us. And upon you. Did you guys know that Charlotte is engaged? <laughs> I may if you didn't them. know, <laughs> now you know. Maybe podcast listeners don't know I'm engaged. Oh, a whole new audience. <laughs> yeah, listen up, everyone. So, with the news that the average UK wedding now costs £27,000, it's getting more and more tempting to some couples to elope. Would anyone here sack it all in and run away? Kelly? I mean, I wouldn't be averse to it. Really? I mean, I, I, my sister got married. She had the whole, you know, week in Africa where I'm from and everyone came from all their different quarters. And I do remember my dad saying, when all this planning started, do you just want the money? I mean, take some mates to Thailand if that's what you want to do. Do whatever you want. And my sister loves a party <laughs> and uh, was like, no. So it had this week-long soiree of celebration. I don't know. I just... Maybe I'm a bit older than she was. I'm not averse to the idea of not <laughs> organising some giant yeah. thing right now when I already don't have any time. But do you think the more you go to, the more of those big weddings you go to, the more you become kind of turned off? So I think the younger you get married, you know, you do have probably more people you'd want to invite. I mean, if I look, if I was to get married now, I mean, there's been a lot of siphoning off, you know, <laughs> so I, you know, I went to a lot of people's weddings and we're not come to mind. But um, I think I'm not averse to I think there could be something really romantic about just bolting or maybe just taking a few of your friends. And, I don't you, know, I and think, you think that's okay with, with family, if you've got oh, close family and I close have, friends? Well, I know a lot of people, I mean, it depends on why you're getting married. You know, is it for, you know, your dad to walk you down the aisle? Is it for your friends to celebrate? I mean, there's a lot of pressure on a lot of people. And I think when it comes to your wedding you would hope that people would want you to have the day that you want and what you find special and important. And also another thing my dad said was, you know, you don't have to invite any of my friends. Mm. You can elope if you want. Like, this is literally just about what you want. Your dad sounds like a yeah. legend. Well, yeah, because I thought that was normal. And subsequently I found out that wasn't very normal. No. But I think a lot of other people, there's a lot of pressure from their families. And I just thought, like, that's very cool, Daddy. That <laughs> um, Claire didn't have to be, you know, under any of that. Yeah. Astrid? I'm with you, Kelly. I think there is something really romantic about it. Like, just the two of you, do it how you want. But also, my mum would just kill me. So, <laughs> no. I think it's so easy to get, to kind of bog down and wanting that kind of big, glossy... Or, or even when you're planning the wedding, it's so easy for it to become out of hand, like without being the most basic reference ever think of Sex and the City movie and you know they plan this wedding and think of the venue and the dress and everything just you know you, yeah, you want yeah. what everybody else has had but I think a lot of people lose perspective of what a wedding actually is about and what it's for yeah. and yeah so I, I, I take that you know you see a lot of imagery of these incredible weddings and then you know, and you're like, oh, and then it will be my wedding. And then you work out how much flowers are and how much <laughs> this is. And you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I would have loved that. But a bouquet is now suddenly this amount of money. And to have flowers, you know, walking into the church mm. is this amount. So I think things do really rack up. And I think your idea of what your wedding might be and the <laughs> expectation versus reality, yeah, Instagram yes. versus reality, you know, you're not going to have that wall of flowers and this and that if you don't have the funds for that. So, mm. you know... Taking all pressure aside, I think it's really just about how you're going to spend your day, whether that's with a whole bunch of people spending a fortune or not, and all of it's totally okay if that's what you want. I do feel really strongly that there's somewhere between the big white wedding and eloping, though. I feel like, you know, there are so many kind of cookie-cutter 
style weddings mm. out there but actually you could do something way more low-key way smaller but still really meaningful but doesn't mean eloping and ditching your family I think really? that's what I would choose to do I mean as much as I would want a huge giant wedding if I can't have a wall of flowers <laughs> I just don't want to do it I've been to some amazing weddings I think the more you go to you're like I don't want to do a half-assed version of this okay. um, so I think yeah a small intimate wedding I think that is the kind of middle ground between eloping or not can we ask you on the podcast oh, what yeah. are you doing for your wedding yeah, you have you decided um i have always wanted to get married in mallorca so hopefully next june out there will you have a wall of flowers <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm actually so anti-flowers what? I, it what in general no 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 i, just, <laughs> I hate them so. I, I really think if you want the big white wedding with all those trimmings and that's absolutely fine and you know each to their own you're talking you know serious serious money like deposit money oh my for that kind Jesus. of thing so i think regardless of how much yes, <laughs> no matter how much money you have that is just wasteful in my opinion so i will not be having loads of flowers i will, will you have sunflowers i Maybe she's like, Yeah, like, I'll have a bouquet. Okay. I have a bouquet, and my bridesmaids will have bouquets. But no, I will decorate the, everything with greenery, like foliage okay. and candles and light bulbs, that kind of thing. But absolutely, I will. I on principle will not be spending. So just I'm very anti flowers, but I'm very pro electricity. <laughs> Speaking of money, we wrote a piece about how to talk money with your partner without it getting awkward, because it doesn't matter how long you've been together, talking money never really does get any easier. There are some top tips in this piece. About I like the first tip. The first tip is what? Set, set the, the atmosphere. atmosphere. Put on <laughs> some candles. Put on your light bulb. Set the tone to uh, not propose, but talk about hard cash. <laughs> you've just got to say that you want to do it before you do it. Okay, that makes sense. To give them time to think. Yeah. about the horrible conversation it, ahead I don't. in a way you maybe give them too much time like maybe you're better to spring these things maybe they just wouldn't meet you yeah, yeah. like they wouldn't come yeah. or they just come <laughs> <in> the <defense. laughs> I think like texting your boyfriend to be like we've got to talk about money, money yeah. later on <laughs> yeah it might give them a bit of prep but they might also be like why am what? I with you but these things can come up really naturally don't you think like it, it depends on the circumstance but if you have something specific that you want to talk about whether yeah. it's sharing bills or whether it's booking a holiday well it's probably going to be something reactive isn't it like you want to move in together yeah, something's or, happened yeah something's happened like, or like, one of you gets a new job or something yeah. like, so it's it not just of, like I'm randomly going to be talking about yeah. money today. so it kind of comes up organically oh, I suppose maybe this does mean what if you do have an issue with your partner in terms of money so one of the tips here was leave guilt out of it and the expert we spoke to said there's a huge guilt culture surrounding money especially for women who earn more but it shouldn't be a source of shame so in those kind of circumstances where it's just something awkward within your relationship maybe that is harder to talk about I think it's very situationally based you know if it's a holiday mm-hmm. of course you're going to be like oh yeah should I get the tickets and you get the yeah. mm-hmm. and I think it's very much like in any relationship regardless of how much someone's earning Unless, you know, someone has started from the start as they mean to go on, like, I'm covering this, you don't mm. need to worry about that. Sugar lips or whatever it is. <laughs> and, and I think there are less of those sugar daddies around, I've searched. Um, <laughs> but I think it's more a balance. It's kind of like, oh, I'll get this, you get that. It's a bit swings and roundabouts. In my, well, it definitely, you know, my relationship, it's kind of swings and roundabouts. I'm, I saw someone the other day talking about their ex-boyfriend saying that, you know, he still owes her 
a certain amount of money from their running tally. And I was like, ooh, and you know, yeah. that's unrelaxing. Yeah. Um, you that know, wherever really you go, just like, oh, well, I'll just add it onto your tab. Ooh. Um, I mean, nothing says romance like a like, yeah. a, like a running tab. <laughs> I mean, that's aggressive. You know, at the same time, whatever, whatever works, and that clearly didn't. Um, <laughs> but if it is becoming an issue... There are probably wider problems mm. in that relationship rather than just you haven't had the time to transfer money. So I'd probably be a little bit more curious as to why that person isn't being more upfront with money or with sharing or with being more of an equal partner. So I think that would be more of the issue rather than, you know, hand over your details. <laughs> Rosie? Um, I mean, I sound exactly like the person you were talking about. My ex-boyfriend, one of them, owes me 500 quid still. <gasps> because we did that holiday thing where you're like, I'll book the flights yeah. and mm-hmm. you can pay for the hotel. Turns out uh, the hotel was refundable, but the flights mm-hmm. were non-transferable and we ended up breaking up before the holiday. And he, when we broke up, was like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll pay you. It's been four years. Oh, no. And I actually saw him the other day going into a bank by our work and I was like I should just follow him into the bank that's like, so weird where's the fucking money where's my phone from does oh. he live around here no but I don't know why he was here I imagine I know. it wasn't to make a deposit to you because it's been <laughs> no. four years and I think you're not getting that I'm money not, right I'm not seeing <laughs> that 500 quid ever no. again that's awful yeah so now I'm really weird about booking flights people I'm like you can book my yeah. flight I'll transfer them I would see that in a way you need to release that a little I think you would probably say I was it five hundred pounds overall or him two fifty? Oh no, five hundred. Five hundred. I think you should just say at least I didn't go on that holiday with someone. Oh god, yeah. That I inevitably was going to break up with mm-hmm. and probably waste more time with, and I'd have paid five hundred pounds not to waste my time. I did have an amazing holiday. I changed my the dates. <laughs> oh, I still went. I changed. <laughs> yeah, I changed the dates of my flights. All my friends came because we were going to go anyway. And oh, it was that's really fun. Okay, okay, so okay. every cloud, every yeah. money well spent. Astros, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's circumstantial, and I guess honesty is the best policy. Like if you if you're with someone and you see yourself staying together, but you don't really agree with how they kind of look after their finances you do have to talk about it like if you're someone that wants to save for a house or Mm. kind of make more of a grown-up step and they're not on the same page as you then Mm. it does kind of have to be spoken about it's true responsibility with money is quite an actually it's a bit of a deal breaker actually isn't it when it comes to Mm. relationships but then has anyone ever told you to stop buying stuff because i've had that conversation too where someone's like why are you shopping so much (laughs) like please stop i'm like it's not your money we don't even split anything together unless it's affecting that person yeah if, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that has absolutely nothing yeah, to it's do with it if you're like pay my bills yeah. but I'm going to yeah. net Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like I can do what I want with my yeah. kind of free money if it's not a shared pool of money then fine <laughs> my my best friend found a um a separate account the other day <gasps> she had no idea oh, about no. Um, no it's quite brilliant actually that her husband had just um, created yeah and she was like what, what, what what's this thing I've just like stumbled across in our accounts and he was like oh yeah that's just that's just a, a separate spare one and she was like but I didn't know about it and he was like yeah because you would have spent it by now <laughs> and she was like yeah okay cool well I'm glad someone's like kind of okay. got our backs so he's got it <laughs> yeah I think that's that quite brilliant so oh, I don't know I think I still be pretty angry I like even, even if I can't touch it I'd like it to be up front oh I know yeah. but you'd want it it should be like you know wearing that on a leather jacket and a new handbag <laughs> in, in an instant he's, he's, he knows her too well <laughs> let's talk about having a favourite child because even though parents may profess not to recent research revealed that 74% of mothers and 70% of fathers have shown preferential treatment towards one child Astrid, are you the favourite child? 
My mum always says that we're equal, but I really do think I'm golden child. <laughs> <laughs> so it's you and your well, older brother. I have brother. an older brother. And my mum brought us up herself. So, like, obviously there's, like, a special bond between me and my mum because it's girls. Mm. But, and also, I just do really nice things for my mum. Yeah, so, girls are just nice yeah. to their mums. That's so true. That's mean. My brother's really lovely. And <laughs> loves us equally, but, yeah. What about uh, you? Me? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely the favourite child. So this, <laughs> look at this, this table of brats. Yeah, <laughs> we quoted in this piece Guardian writer Tim Lott, who said, the favourite child is often the one who causes the least anxiety and difficulty. So simply based on that, Oh, that, I def- that just is me. No, like, I definitely cause oh, all of those things. Uh, more than your brother. <laughs> yeah, like definitely. Well, maybe, maybe it goes through, maybe it ebbs and flows. Yeah. But it did say that know. too. It did say that it's changeable. Changeable. Yeah, whoever's causing the least grief at that moment. <laughs> we do have Fickle like... parents. <laughs> me and my brother do have like a running tally of like who's golden child. So if like I'll do something nice for my mum and I'll just text him like, yeah, I'm a golden child. <laughs> a little golden child <laughs> emoji. I think, with, I think thing. in my family it's very much just accepted. My brother's very rebellious. So like, he's very nice but he's like a proper rebel and I'm not I'm very straight laced so I think it's just a given that I'm the safe one Penny what about you? I probably have caused more anxiety <laughs> no I mean my, my parents have always treated us very very equal maybe <laughs> maybe that's hiding yeah. <laughs> their true feelings keep Kelly sane if you um, actually think about it does it give you a bit of anxiety that they might actually like even though parents really profess not to have a favourite child that they actually might I, th- I think it ebbs and flows I mean aren't you the same I mean one day I'm like daddy the hero next I'm like my mummy mm, you know yeah. it's like I, I wouldn't ever pick between them and I'm sure they would ever pick between my sister and I I mean I hope. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just don't think even as a parent you would necessarily have that. I think unless someone's been a complete tyrant or nightmare. But I mean, I don't have children. I have two cats. Harry and Lloyd. They have human names. They, know, they do have that. human names, and they're both girls, even with it. Um, but with Harry and Lloyd, they're such different personalities, and they they, <laughs> they adore me in so many different ways, <laughs> um, which is obviously the reason to have pets. But I could know people always say, you know, oh, which is your favourite, Harry or Lloyd? Uh, I love them both. They're my cats. Fair. Like they're brilliant. And but I surely imagine... you could choose one. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. I actually share them with an ex-boyfriend. Oh, really? and, yeah. Oh, I mean, the cat saga. But I do share them with an ex-boyfriend. And people have said in the past, like, why didn't you just like keep them? Each. And I'm like, because he loves them. And I'm like, oh, well, why didn't you so let nice. him keep them? And I was like, because I love them. You could have done a parent trap. And then I'm like, well, why don't you just like <laughs> take one each? Number one, we could never separate them. <laughs> um, but number two, it's like, well, which one would you choose? Because you're like. But I love them both. Like, that would be... Oh, my God. So, so have choice. Does he, choice. How does, the, does he have visitation rights yeah, to the cat? Yeah. Um, Do you we split just, your time? Um, they, they're primarily at his house because it's bigger than my flat. So, obviously, they can run around those outdoor space. But they kind of come, yeah, whenever he's got travel or whenever I want them. They just go back and forth. There's no kind of legislation. Um, Are you friends? Says, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're okay, friends. so yeah. it's not all... It's not like... Um, you only communicate to pick up the cats. <laughs> no, we also communicate when we send cat memes. Okay. Um, there's a regular flow of cat memes. We are the only people that love our cats as much, so we have this in common for at least another ten. Years. Yeah, I feel like this is a lot of aggro that like most people don't have to go through. <laughs> no, I know. It's like it's like who gets it. the sofa? Yeah. Who gets the cats for the next like fifteen years? Yeah. Both of us. Um, no, but we we know we both love them, and to, to separate them would be awful. But to also just pick which one, I mean, it'd be terrible. Okay. They're both so great. Well, it sounds like it would be very fair. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I don't know how many people here have heard of fubbing. It is a term, P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G, and it means snubbing the person in front of you by being engrossed on your phone. But could this be ruining your love life? Rosie? It's going to ruin your whole life. Fubbing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Psychologists are warning against it. They're saying it can severely disrupt our relationships. Right. People are having more arguments over it. People are feeling more insecure in their relationships over it. And basically... In the future, we're just all going to be fucked. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. I mean, people do it to me, and I really notice it now, after writing this article. Really? And I get really mad, but... Do you do it to people? I do it to people, too, so I can't actually get mad. I'm just and when mad you're inside. on your phone, when you're talking to people, what are you looking at? Are you browsing Instagram? Are you looking at work emails? Are you talking to other people? Because I feel like there is a bit of a difference. Well, now I've made a conscious effort to stop doing it. So now I only do it when they're on their phone because I'm not just going to sit there. Mm-hmm. But normally it's just to kind of look and see if anyone's texting me and see if I have anything to reply to, which is obviously very rude. But some people will literally sit there and scroll through Instagram when you're mm-hmm. trying to talk to them. You're like, this is not urgent. Mm-hmm. This can wait. Kelly, for you, being on your phone is your job. So how do, you, how do you divide the two? I mean... <laughs> Fubbing, <laughs> most ridiculous the word. term. Yeah, fubbing. I fub. Yeah, I must. I'm. I gotta hold up those fubbing little hands. In terms of relationships, I'm a multitasker. So when I sit down to watch a film, unless I'm in the cinema where I can really switch off for an hour and a half, the first time ever, I will definitely. I see it as an opportunity to be maybe editing some pictures on my phone, you know, updating the Twitter links, etc., etc. So and I can do all of that was concentrating my boyfriend I guess is not a multitasker because he doesn't understand how I can be doing all these things at once so he's actually been quite good because he sometimes turns around and says is that work and if it's not if I've just gone to the scroll I'm like no you're right put down the phone like be present in this moment enjoy the film etc but if I say yes he's like totally cool and just lets me carry on doing what I'm doing because it is a stuff that I need to do that is quite mindless so I can do it I have occasionally picked up a phone when I'm with a couple of my friends who definitely do not use their phone in the same way that I use it. They use it as a phone, not a camera. (laughs) What? Um, Yeah, and they're like, can you get off your phone? Can you get off your phone? And you do suddenly feel incredibly rude. You've been outed as a fubber. Um, But at the same time, I'm just like, I'm so sorry. Like, I've just got to quickly do this. And then they understand if you explain it, but definitely not idle fubbing. (laughs) This was one of the tips in the piece that if you have to go on your phone excuse yourself you know people used to do that I have to take a phone call I just have to check this quickly mm-hmm. rather than just when you're talking to someone and then you can just yeah. see their phone just come up in front of you like yes. oh you're definitely listening yeah, yeah, this yeah. is fun <laughs> yeah. yeah great catch up <laughs> Astrid what do you think I'm kind of with you Kelly like I think it's so ingrained in us now that we can do two things at once like watch TV be on Instagram but if you're at the dinner table or out for a, a meal yeah. with someone I just think it is the worst thing Terrible. to sit there on, mm-hmm. on your phone 
I don't think we should have our phones um, when we go out for dinner anyway. Well, it has become something that we just do without thinking. And that's why I appreciate it when my boyfriend does say, is that work? Because you do suddenly have that like, oh, well, actually, no, it's not. I'm looking, I'm in like an Instagram cable yeah. looking at someone's dog's uncle's exactly. child's, like grandparents like- on holiday. <laughs> we all go in 2004. <laughs> um, which, yeah, you realise like, actually, I would prefer to be watching The Greatest Showman on Earth. <laughs> um, so, yes, basically, I think it's something that you need to be conscious of because it has just overwhelmed us we have mm. an entire world in our hand but it's not the real world it's not and does being a blogger and an influencer does it make you conscious that you should be taking a detox or do you kind of not really subscribe to that and can you separate the two easily I think there are certain times definitely where I've been in bed on my phone I'm like I shouldn't be on my phone and you know why don't I read a book just something that just gets me away from the screen I don't ever take real digital detoxes um, but, you know, when I go on holiday, I, you know, I make sure I've taken lots of photos and I can share those over a certain time so I'm not always on my phone. But, yeah, you know, you do need to be checking in and mm-hmm. checking and how everything's going on all your different accounts. Charlotte, you did actually, you did a digital detox did you? a few months ago. <gasps> yeah, I mean, only for a Easter. I went to Lisbon for Easter weekend and I... Obviously, my job isn't on Instagram, but so much of what we do is tied into social media. And if I'm just scrolling Instagram, I'm screenshotting things for work or I'm taking down people's names or whatever it may be. It's it's always kind of connected to work, which was kind of a bad cycle for me. I meant that I was doing both all the time. I was kind of on Instagram all the time and I was working all the time. You know, all my mind was in work all the time. So I just really wanted three and particularly, you know, we had a really crazy March and April here. So I just really wanted three days to just complete completely detached and Easter was a good time because obviously nobody's really working I didn't find it hugely beneficial and thought you know how some people feel completely enlightened and refreshed and I, I had a bit of FOMO I quite like knowing what's going on with my friends I think it's more just about taking a step back and being conscious of how much you're using it because that that was the problem it had just become too much so did you know that you can see you can go on your phone, and I think it's somewhere in settings, and see how long you've spent on your phone in the past week, how long you've spent on certain apps. And my friend did it, and it was like she spent days in a week on Instagram or something. Oh. Well, I know, mine breaks down the percentage, so it's like oh. 60% of today's usage was Instagram, but I don't know what the use is, so that's fine. Would either of you ever do a digital detox? I would like to. I mean, I've done things where you go out for the day and you deliberately leave your phone at home, and I actually have such a better time. Did that day actually happen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do that sometimes. I need to do it more. But it's what a, if you need to use your Google Maps? Or like, it's only when it's not like a big. Or like, what if you had to call an ambulance? Huh? <laughs> I mean, that's not a good. You'd be I'm going to be dead next time this happens. No, I mean, not when I'm going on like a huge day out. Just like you know, going to the shop. <laughs> going to the shop, guys. Tesco. Ten minutes. Um, so a whole day is now like I went to Tesco for ten minutes. But I didn't use my phone. <laughs> um, I think when you're with someone, you have a day out locally planned in these and you're not going to get hit by car or anything <laughs> then in that very specific situation that's what I do and it's you have so much more conversation with the person you're with there's a weird sense of it's kind of freeing almost you're not I mean I still go to check my phone and it's not there and then I'm like oh I should probably concentrate on mm. what's around me but I think days I think people would start worrying yeah maybe well, the police would tell my house yeah. Which it sounds so obvious to say, but yeah. like you lose track of that. And I think when you're sitting opposite someone who is real, um, to then kind of look on your Instagram where, you know, this network has created so many opportunities. I obviously, you know, enjoying it myself. 
these transient kind of very superficial friendships with people who actually before Instagram or Facebook you wouldn't have seen for the last 10 years <laughs> suddenly you're particularly interested in what they've just called their new dog or how their child is doing in their first primary school etc etc and you're like I don't need to be looking at this I could actually be talking to my real life friend mm. who I still have currently <laughs> <laughs> I think that is the number one thing when you don't have your phone and someone is fubbing you that makes you think wow I should really stop doing this because yeah. this makes me feel terrible unless like, you can like mutually fub oh and yeah I've seen that I've seen people out in restaurants both sitting on their phone not talking to each other oh, and it's oh, I've, I've seen a whole sometimes. family doing it <gasps> like, oh my god when kids do no. it when kids are on oh, yeah, their phone cool. it's like why do you have a phone so I saw I saw a picture on Instagram um, <laughs> like, and there, there's a restaurant where you can put all your phones the whole table has to do it in this bowl in the middle of the table this is not like the key thing bear with me is it the pain bear with me no but it's like if if no one touches their phone throughout the whole meal I think you get like 10% off or you get you know cocktail at the end or something like that but it was congratulations you managed to sit through a whole yeah you actually were present like people did like five years ago and I, I think that that's actually I mean however ridiculous that sounds at least it actually mentally makes you think like oh my god that shouldn't be an issue mm. how devastating I'm being rewarded for that but I mean I've heard of people doing the bill thing where you all put your phones on the table and then whoever if anyone reaches for it they have to pay the whole bill at the restaurant yeah but how would I take a picture of my food how would people know what I'm eating I mean people need like regular updates on my on my eating well, you can take those photos but you can suffer the content yeah. Yeah, pay, pay the whole bill for <laughs> Speaking of dinner dates, we wrote a piece about the seven surprising dating deal breakers. And this included everything from taking a selfie. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Inviting your date I on a fancy I've never done that. Can everyone just before you start saying that? Can you I take, take a selfie back. on a date? I don't. Constantly checking your phone was one. And being rude to the waiter was another one. I know that is Ooh, my personal one. I hate that. Yeah. What is the one thing that would massively turn you off if you were on a first date? Rosie? If someone took a selfie of I'm like, are you going to kill me? Like, so like, like why? does it mean like a selfie just of like themselves? themselves or not together? like together. No. Like, so it says, or like, just of, of their food. That would, like, really spin me out if a guy suddenly took a picture of his food on our date. I'd be like, what? It says, taking selfies was high up there on the list of big first date no-nos for one in four British men. It was even considered worse than not offering to split the bill. Oh, I see. So this is women who are doing this. Yeah. Because really, okay. there's no need to snap a mid-date selfie for the gram. And we doubt your date wants to be featured on your Instagram <laughs> stories. Anyone do that? that? is weird. Unless oh. you want to date with someone really famous. And you no, just, then like, just sneakily yeah, show Yeah, never see them again. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It was a Unless thing. it was totally worth it, and you're like, you're really hot, Brad Pitt. But I'm just going to quickly share this and never see you again. There's like nothing I love more than when you're in a restaurant and you see a girl like taking a selfie or taking a picture of her food, and her boyfriend is just getting so annoyed yes. at her. Like, fuck's sake, can we eat the food now? I mean, like, my, my boyfriend has eaten like hot food and like <laughs> tea, so he would he would definitely be one of those crying people. Don't. Touch it! <laughs> Put that back down! Getting getting too drunk was another thing on this list. Oh. I know so many of my friends. My friends, like, anaesthetise themselves before they go on first dates. They get really drunk before they go, or, like, at the beginning of the date. Dutch courage. Like, do they yeah. get a second date? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, they do. Gracie, um, what would be your biggest turn on? Well, the adding your date on Facebook thing. Apparently, people in the taxi home, <laughs> no. they'll add That's them on Facebook. That's a bit Facebook. too key. That's, yeah. That oh, is, is that creepy. kind of friend zoning as well? It's just like, oh, and, you know... 
Because you're taking all the mystery out of it. You're just a bit like, oh, we'll be pals. I mean, that's one yeah. way of like not getting a sneaky snog. It's, it's, it's very uncool. Yeah. 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 yeah, it says 42% of people followed or friended their day on social media immediately after their first meeting. Um, I think you can have a little stalk without needing to follow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. oh, no, you've pre-stalked. Yeah, well, yeah you pre-stalked. Yeah, you haven't like, yeah. added. Do you like, everyone uh, meets online these days anyway? That's true. They've probably like seen everything. Kelly, what would be your biggest turn-off? Toothpicks might Ooh. send me over the edge mm-hmm. if someone started like, like I don't know or like something in the, it's really mean I would tell someone if there's something in their teeth I would but I would do it, be, be like oh you know you know, and then just probably like look away and like give them a moment I think this is really mean but I remember god this was like eons ago but I think when I was like 18 I went on a date with someone and they, and they ordered like just loads of eggs it was like eggs like I had like a pizza it's like a pizza restaurant and he chose to have this kind of like thing covered in eggs and cheese and I just was like oh my like what, what dish is that yeah, I'm trying to think of a dish it was just, no it wasn't even it was like definitely pre like shakshuka shak. it was like it was, like it was just a really it was like a really weird egg thing and I'm was not it even a pizza like, with an egg on it it wasn't a pizza with an egg on it, but that probably would be quite weird. And it's not like I'm really like I'm not, I'm not anti-eggs, like you're anti-flowers. Like I, you know, love a good egg, but like on a date in the evening, it was just mm. a really eggy yeah, thing. Gross. And I remember being like, "That's not." This poor guy's like, "Why didn't she call?" Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, hashtag eggs. eggs. <laughs> from bad balayage to wonky fringes, we've all experienced a haircut from hell. But what do you actually do when you hate your new hair? We sat down with some experts to get their tips and from things like honesty really is the best policy to act quick. They gave us all their helpful advice. Has anyone had any experience of this? I mean, always. So many. But every single time I have just been like, oh, it's so nice. (laughs) And then I get outside. I'm like, maybe I'll look different in the sunlight. And then I'm like, oh, no, they've ruined ruined it. Have you ever tried to say anything? I mean, I have gone back once. One of my friends marched me back into the hairdressers because, I mean, it, it's always die for me. Like, never, I've never had a terrible, terrible cut because I'm very kind of anal, like, don't touch my hair. I think they can see the look at my face. So I'm going to be mad. But, yeah, going from light blonde to darker, I've done that quite a few times, and that has always gone wrong when I do it in a hairdresser. Um, once, the time my friend brought me back was when it was about this colour, which is really light bleach blonde, and... I asked for a honey blonde. They dyed it purple. <gasps> yes, Actually, it's purple. And that's that definitely was, not the same. Like, I, yeah. I, <laughs> I was so young. I think I was 18. And I was like, what has happened? I don't... I, I had no idea what to do. Walked out. And that's the thing. Where I was like, maybe it's just the mirror in here maybe it's the lighting no it was purple my friend was like you need to go back right now I just paid like nearly 200 quid for it she was like get a refund the Uh, woman who did it hid in the back when I went back in because she obviously knew she She knew I mean it was it was was purple and yeah they gave me a refund luckily but I've had it happen again where it's just a long long time damage yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's the thing it's not about and also it's the time you're sat there it takes like half a day and the worst thing is when they're like oh we'll fix it I'm like no no you did this like you're not yeah. I want to go to someone else. So this is not an example of good work. We're not going to get one. Ashley, what about you? I pretty much 90% of the time hate how my hair's done. It's not about the cut because I never do anything that drastic, but it's the blow dry. Oh, God. I'm always like, not Kate Middleton, not Kate Middleton. <laughs> Always come out, Kate Middleton. So. I like that. Look, You're just though. very regal, Astra. This is yeah. obviously, but then I'm always like, I love. It. It's literally the best blow that I've ever had. And then I do that really British thing of giving them a big tip, Classic. even oh. though I hate it. Is there a circumstance in which you would say something? If it was like to do, like if they really messed up my hair, mm-hmm. the cut or color, like you, Rosie, I would definitely. 
the best say tip that they said on here is it's all in a consultation. Oh, got that yeah, So you should show not only what you want, but what you don't want. As in, like, not yeah, that's a good tip. Yeah. Taking a picture of Kim. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want this. I want Megan. Like, um, I think, yeah, the consultation. If you're doing something drastic, um, like a proper cut or a proper colour then definitely take a visual reference and use that consultation to really say what you do and what you don't want. I think if, you know, worst case, you don't like it, you can definitely say something at the time, but it's, and I would, I definitely would. Mm. But I think it's worth going home, washing that out, styling it the way that you would mm. normally, because sometimes colour tone will like wash out and you know it's a lot to do with the product as well and how it kind of you're able to set it and if you still don't like it then absolutely go back you know you've asked for something you've got the opposite probably Mm -hmm. and they'll want to they'll want to help you Mm -hmm. definitely I don't think there's any shame in getting what you paid for I also think that doing your research really pays off as well so going somewhere that you know is legitimate Mm -hmm. or that somebody's recommended don't just rock up to any old I get so many messages from people asking where I get my hair cut or coloured. By the way, it's not like I have some fabulous do going on here. <laughs> but I think because it is so subtle when I do get colouring or cuts, um, and I had I went a lot shorter recently. And I'm actually really happy to give those recommendations because I was a bit of a hair whore and I'd go anywhere that kind of was offering me a free cut. And I'd be like, oh, I love that blow dry, I love that cut. And now, I, and I used to hear mainly from my blonde friends that they were very much tied to one person, one place, and they'd be devastated if that person moved along. Now I found like my hair haven and um, I'm always telling people where to go because it is really like once you found someone who knows how to do that messy blow dry, that kind of just mm-hmm. beachy curls without the volume mm-hmm. um, or the highlights or the balayage the way you like it definitely worth it so where do you go i go to taylor taylor on portobello and they're brilliant sarah for my cuts and hannah for my color good i wrote a piece last week about anoraks because they may be a trend for the new season but i am pretty anti but i feel like you guys don't like anything (laughs) (laughs) some of you guys are quite big festival goers am i just not the target audience for the anorak I mean, I think it's totally fine at a festival, but I wouldn't be, like, rocking an anorak day to day. But it can look quite cool, in fact, if you think about, like, an Alexa at a festival, or, like, Kate Moss. Yeah. Like, like it's, not, it's not just a necessity. Yeah. It, it does look quite cool. Oh, no, cool it looks really like, cool yeah. with your Wellington boots and your, yeah, your jacket. I think um, that's when anoraks become less kind of train spottery and more <laughs> kind of very cool rock and rolly, messing around in mud. I think that's really cool. I actually have a one of the pictures that you have as a reference. I have the uh, yellow petit bateau. Oh yeah, and rack. I actually have to say I haven't worn that outside of a festival arena. And would you? I'm not sure I would gravitate towards it above all other options. Mm-hmm. For any street style occasion. (laughs) (laughs) But I am open minded um, to see what else comes on. I've seen a lot of see through perspex numbers on the high street. It's probably channeling down from Chanel last Mm -hmm. year, but it's not my first option. It's not what I'm going to gravitate towards. Me too. I'm glad I'm not the only one. So if it's not an anorak, then what are people coveting for spring, summer, Astros? I am just obsessed with Ghost at the moment. I know we're giving it a lot of airtime, but Rosie sat here in an incredible dress Mm. and it looks amazing. So pretty. It's making me want one even more. 
uh, we have an amazing selection of ghost dresses in the office at the moment. I know, because, I've been eyeing them Yes, you yeah. should, because we gave them some coverage in the Sheer Luck show this week, and, I mean, they've got so many pretty options. I've got a few weddings this summer, and I've kind of made a pact with myself to just reuse old dresses, because it's quite slightly different crowds and stuff. Mm. And my Astrid, you do not need to buy another dress. <laughs> but then those ghost dresses I are know. literally just calling out to me. And they are really good They're price so points. pretty yeah. as well. So accessible, and I think there's like a lot of wear you can get out of them as well with some sneakers, well, leather exactly, jackets. Yeah. You know, it's not just you know ones that you have to wear. So true. Kelly, what's on your wish list? My wish list, my ever-growing wish list. <laughs> I have actually put a lot of my money into more accessories recently. So, like you wearing kind of things that I already have. Obviously, I've invested in a couple of things. Like you know, I've got a new linen skirt, high-waisted. Um, I'm wearing this dress from uh, Zara, actually, just a linen one with buttons as well. But those are just very easy things you can wear kind of day through tonight. But accessories, I really feel, can make an outfit and, and update them and change them on the reg. So, yeah, some statement sunglasses. I've just ordered myself some Saint Laurent hearts. I have you. I've, I've taken the plunge. And I'm very happy with uh, my stout kind of a bucket mm-hmm. bag which I feel like is really nice and summery kind of with the story kind of buckety trend mm-hmm. but can be also quite smart as well so I love yeah. that bag I yeah. love really that bag it's so good yeah, it's honestly so nice. that was a real dear Kelly love Kelly kiss <laughs> um, and haven't looked back since Rosie what about you um, well I got quite inspired by your piece about the seven Australian brands oh, to good. follow the summit inspo and I got very sad because a lot of them don't Shipped to England, yeah, or that's they why do it's brands to follow as opposed to brands to I know. To shop, I got caught up looking at the website, so I was like, no. Um, I mean Zimmerman. I think <gasps> I mentioned before. I just Swoon. can't stop looking at all God, their dresses. Zimmerman is just. Everything. Every season I'm like, they're not going to do it better. But then they always bring out another dress. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thanks for having me. If you're not already following Kelly, you should. So (laughs) check her out on Instagram and Twitter at The London Chatter and her blog, thelondonchatter.com. There we go. You'll find me and I talk much less on all those channels (laughs) than I have today. (laughs) That's it for this week. If you like that, please do rate, review and subscribe. And we'll see you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.